0: This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest.
1: Good morning, and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. I'm your host, Wendy Jones, and owner and operator, as you all know, of Next Steps for Seniors, the business located in Rochester, Michigan, but covering Southeast Michigan. And each and every week, I really do my best to bring information and resources to you that are real pertinent in what you're going through in life right now. And my guest today is a dear friend and colleague and co radio radio show host because he has his own program right before mine and it's called Money Manners and it's Brian Kurtz. Good morning, Brian. Good
2: morning. Nice to see you again. Always good to be here.
1: It's so great to see you and I appreciate having you on the program. And Brian, before we even get started, I need to tell our listeners what you did to help our foundation. So, we did deliveries during COVID for probably 6 weeks. And we picked up food from Forgotten Harvest and we delivered it to our low-income seniors. And we went to a lot of our apartment complexes and areas where they're on food stamps and they just don't have the opportunity to get to the grocery store. I mean, we were doing this. If you guys think back, this started in March. Our buses were down. Transportation systems were down. There was snow on the ground. These seniors could not get to the grocery store. So Brian volunteered his time. And I am so thankful to you, Brian. He took his big old truck and he drove to Forgotten Harvest for us. And he delivered product to our low-income seniors. So... Before we even started, I wanted to say thank you.
2: Well, thank you for uh, for mentioning that and for giving me the opportunity. Forgotten Harvest is an outstanding organization. I, I wound up meeting their director of Planned Giving, who is Kimberly Kalmar, and doing a show with her that I just did a, a, a Best of Money Matters on the 4th of July. There's no reruns in radio. As you know, it's all best of. There so go. <laughs> but go. Uh, so but I, I re-aired that uh, interview on the 4th of July because I thought it would be good to do a charitable show on that day. But what a great organization.
1: They do good work. And it's people like you, though, that step up and help our seniors. So I just wanted to say thank you. We had volunteers come in from all over that were able to go pick up food and bring them to our low-income seniors. And you are one of those special people. So we appreciate you, Brian. We really do. And it's times like this that we have an opportunity to give back. And it's been pretty Impressive, I think that our country and at least our community has really rallied about people that needed help during this time.
2: You see an awful lot of stories that highlight the good works that people are doing, and that 's always heartwarming. you know It happened back on nine eleven after that, and, and little individual small things were, were in such a period of of you know racial tensions as well as tensions because of the pandemic and people not being allowed to do things that they 're used to doing and so Unfortunately there are also stories and videos and things like that of people clashing with each other but I think uh, you know correct me if you think I'm wrong but I think the the positive stories are outnumbering the negative ones.
1: I agree with you fullheartedly. I agree with you fullheartedly. And that's what we need to focus on. And I tell everybody for Facebook please focus on the positive. So moving on, Brian, you have been in the financial industry for a while. So tell our listeners a little bit about, because Brian is AIP Financial. Tell us a little bit about your background and history.
2: AIP Financial is my company. It stands for Asset and Income Protection, and it's AIP Financial Services, Inc. is the whole name. I've been a full-time financial advisor on October 1st. It'll be 27 years.
1: Congratulations. ah,
2: Thank you. I spent 11 years with the Department of the Army down at the tank arsenal in Warren uh, doing contracting work there. And tell you how long I've been gone, the last contract I negotiated for Uncle Sam was the labor and materials effort to disassemble the Warren tank plant back in the day. Yeah, that was in 92. And then I left uh, on October 1st of 93 and went out on my own and, and hung my shingle. And it's been a bumpy road since then, but we're doing okay now.
1: Good for you. Good for you. I I appreciate Brian because he has a lot of experience. And as you all know, finances is a big part of life and a huge part of retirement and what we need as we age. And that's why I love having Brian on the show. And his program airs right before ours every single Saturday. So I think it's important, um, Brian, the whole financial component. I mean, what have you felt just really quick during this pandemic and during covid It seems to have been holding fairly steady, right?
2: It has been fairly steady on balance. I've had a few clients, Wendy, that uh, called up and and sold, you know, kind of panic selling, uh, despite my advice you know, not to. I've had a few others that were opportunistic about it and called me up and said, hey, I want to put some more money in to the market, you know, down uh, around the end of March when things were going so poorly. And obviously that's done well for them. But the vast majority of the clients, and I have hundreds of them now, have kind of remained calm got a lot of calls you know i never missed a day during the pandemic being in the office i put my assistant on furlough stopped taking individual appointments was just kind of there by myself so i was as safe there as i was at home and and didn't have two cats bugging me but uh but uh so you know and i had a few clients too that said hey i got laid off. I need some money out of my account, so you have to be there for people. But I think the way that I try to structure things give you a little bit of how AIP Financial Services does business. I'm an independent investment advisory representative, which means I can do stocks and bonds and mutual funds and the whole gamut of investment choices, do that on a fee-only basis, we're a fiduciary, which is the gold standard in the in the financial services industry. And then I'm also an independent insurance agency, which means I'm I can do fixed annuities and indexed annuities and life insurance and the safer stuff. So most of my clients are in some sort of a mix of accounts that can't go down and accounts that can go up and down. And, you know, we put that together into a a blended portfolio and and make sure that no matter what happens, even if the market happens to fall 33% in five weeks like it did Mm -hmm. from February 22nd to the end of March, that they're going to be okay.
1: Exactly. And that's the key. Really, that's what every person wants to hear. They want to be diversified enough that everything's going to balance out in the end. And that's what you do such a great job at. So let's talk a little bit about the necessity of having a plan. Because I mean, as you know, life is full of surprises like we just ran into.
2: Failing to plan is planning to fail. You've heard that before, yep. and uh, it, it's a good idea to to have a plan for when I sit down and do a consultation with a new uh, potential client or uh, even with sometimes people want to redo you know what we've done after ten years, we cover four things: take a little estate inventory and go down it from a standpoint of probate, income, taxes, and long term care. And the probate side, I I should mention, we do a lot of estate planning, too. Have our own attorney, Neil Barnett. He's in the office right next to mine. He's been there for over 20 years doing all of our wills and trusts and powers of attorney and, you know, that type of litigation when it becomes necessary. But it usually isn't if you plan ahead of time. And. uh so all of those things need to be addressed, and sometimes people are surprised when I I spend 10 minutes on estate planning when all they came in to do is figure out whether they should take their lump sum distribution or they should take the monthly pension. And that's important, and it's frankly more fun to talk about than what happens when you die, so right. we do get to that, uh, but – I want clients to be kind of walled in and protected from all angles to avoid as many of those unpleasant surprises as possible.
1: Well, and I think, honestly, estate planning is a big part of of our future. And we have a tendency, and you tell me if you see this, to kind of avoid situations that might cause conflict or, you know, family uprising. And you just kind of... You know, even my parents and I were just talking about this recently, and everybody wants something a certain way, but why not talk about it? Why not go to you ahead of time, have a consultation, have these discussions while you can, and plan for the future? It's just so critical.
2: It's such common sense, but yet so few people do it. It's hard to do. Because it's an uncomfortable conversation. But you're right. The only way to to get things the way you want them is to let people know. If I came in here and said, geez, Wendy, I don't want to face the window while we're recording because the sunlight's in my house. You wouldn't have any problem with that, right? But the only way you'd know it is if I told you. (laughs) uh... Exactly.
1: Exactly. And the percentage of people that are going to need care, and I think this is the number that people don't realize later in life, is like 75% going to need some type of long-term care planning. So why not start now?
2: Gene Pastula was a gentleman who invented the linked benefit life insurance, which we can talk about later. It's life insurance that helps you pay for long term care. And he was on my show many, many years ago. And he said, Brian, it's just unusual for someone to go from being totally healthy to totally deceased without some period of declining health and and needing some help along the way. And like you just said, more than 50%, easily more than 50% of people are going to need some level of help. That doesn't necessarily mean full-blown nursing care, and hopefully it won't, particularly if we plan properly. But it may mean assisted living. It may need, you know, needing medical equipment. It may need, you may need counseling services or things like that. And that's kind of what we're here to help direct people to.
1: I've got a story I want to share with you in the next segment because I think it's a it, it pertains to financial needs and a lot of our families who are struggling right now are just wondering how they're going to make ends meet, but we're going to talk about that in the next segment. And what I'd like to do is have Brian share his phone number with you before we go to commercial.
2: Got a toll-free number, you can reach us at 866 866- Two four seven six 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 three. 247-6663. That's actually 866-AIP-MONEY, but you don't have to dial the Y. Love it. <laughs>
1: Love it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking further with Brian Kurtz from Money Matters and AIP Financial
0: Services. We'll be right back with you. This is Wendy Jones,
1: and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. We're here today with Brian Kurtz from AIP Financial Services. And I was just sharing, I want to share a story with you listeners, because when I think of finances and I think of money, of course, with what we do every day, um, I'm working with seniors, Brian's working with money. This is a great conversation for two people to have. And... The story that I wanted to share with you, Brian, last, this was probably just a couple weeks ago, I had a client call. Now, she lives in a nice size house. She's probably in her 70s, okay? So she's retired. She was a teacher, so she's getting pension. She's getting, you know, Social Security. It's probably a decent amount of money every month, and her house is paid for. So she's got probably a $500,000 house, and she has a property in Florida, and she's recognizing that she's starting to like forget some things, like just having a little bit of cognitive impairment. So she's thinking about the future and called me and she's like, okay, let's just talk about this. Like how much does it cost to pay for a place and blah, blah, blah. Now, first of all, listeners, and Brian, I know you're on this with me, you need to plan like you're going to live to a hundred. Now she's only 70. So she's got, in my mind, I'm thinking you got 30 years that you need to live Healthy and the way you want to live your life out, right? And she's like, She's like, What do I need to do? She's like, I have plenty of money. I can sell my house. I can sell this. I can sell that to live, you know, and to care for myself. And in my mind, I was like, Okay, but are you going to do that? Because she has children. All right. She's like, I'm, Well, I want to leave, you know, some money for my children. And I'm like, So you're going to use your hard earned money. Your whole life that you've worked your tail off for, and you're going to sell your house that you've lived in for 60 years that you love, and you're going to spend that $6,000. You guys, the average assisted living is between five and $6,000 right now. $6,000 a month. So let's say she even needs to go in for 10 years. That's a lot of money.
2: That can be a lot of money, and she's not wrong. She can, she can absolutely do that. I have a client right now, uh, who lived in St. Clair Shores, doesn't anymore. They sold their condo, and when I say they, we had to have her power of attorney. Uh, take charge and kind of do some things because she is now in a nursing facility, but didn't have insurance, didn't want insurance. She's got a lot of assets, and uh, this one doesn't have any children. But there are checks currently being written on her accounts to the tune of $9,500 a month because she's in more of a of a full-blown yeah. yeah nursing situation. And frankly, Wendy, it's going to be a long time before she runs out of money. So your client's not wrong. She can absolutely do that. The question is, do you want to? You know, if she's a teacher and I have no I've never met this client of yours, she potentially had a 403B or some other retirement funds, too, that maybe we wouldn't wouldn't even have to get to the real estate, you know. And if she has a good pension, too, here's the thing. Maybe she has $5,000 a month in income between pensions and Social Security, and so you only need to supplement that with another three or $4,000 worst-case scenario from the investments. So her assets would last her a long time. The question is, do you want to spend them that
1: well, way? That's, okay, so that's the key I want to talk about because if at $6,000 a month, we're talking $72,000 a year for one person. Okay, this doesn't include a spouse, right? One person, $72,000 a year. So yeah, you can do that. And for 10 years, let's just hypothetically say that's a lot of money. But the question comes down to, then you've got nothing. And is that, now she has nothing to leave her children. So in my mind, Brian, when she was talking to me, I was like, you need to buy long-term care insurance. Like, That's what I would do right now. If you're healthy enough and you're 70 years old and your house is paid off and you have some assets and you have some money coming in, why not buy long-term care insurance, Brian? Because then they're paying the bill. They're paying the bill every month. You're not pulling it out of your hard-earned money. When you have to write that check like you just said, they're not doing it. I really, truly, I see I have a family right now. There's five kids. Do you know these kids are bringing their mom and dad dinner every single night? They're rotating. One person sleeps with them every night. This family is literally caring for them. And it's it's not because they don't have money. It's because they don't want to spend their
2: money. Well, they're Depression-era babies, probably, right, elderly, and and so, yeah, there's a lot of that mindset. Long-term care insurance, Wendy, unlike any other form of insurance, there's a mental block about it. People consider it to be nursing home insurance. I will tell you that's the farthest thing from the truth. I consider it to be anti-nursing home insurance. As one of our mentors put it, I want a policy that says the nurse comes to me. Not only that, but I get to pick the nurse. Uh, (laughs) You know, you can have in-home health care with the right coverage etc and there are other ways to do it as well you know people who somebody in her situation what i wind up doing because i run across the same thing some of us. my clients don't want to uh, purchase any type of long-term care insurance so in that case then what i do is i have to invest the funds to try to produce as much income as we can so you don't have to say well i have seven hundred twenty thousand dollars." I'm going to spend $72,000 a year, and in 10 years it'll be gone. That $720,000 should produce some income too, so maybe it'll last 30 years and, and we can be okay. Alternatively, you can purchase one of two types of coverage. Standard long-term care insurance is what you're talking about that buys a certain amount of care per month, and it usually doesn't have to be the whole 9000 you buy what you can't afford yourself, you know, and then it lasts an average of three or four years because that's the average stay in a nursing home or that's the average stay combined between nursing home and in-home health care and all True. the other things, you know, and uh then you just figure that that's part of your monthly budget. And what I do there, too, for people that are open-minded enough to do that is I'll try to increase the yield that they're getting on some of their other funds, their other assets, to create that extra you know, $500 a month or whatever it is. And a lot of times it's pretty easy to do that because bank accounts aren't paying anything now, and it's pretty ugly. So if we can create that extra income to fund the purchase of an insurance policy, you've just secured it. The other way, and I'll tell you what I recently did, I had a term policy. I I uh, converted it. You can do that. That's a life insurance policy. Okay. I converted it to a universal life policy that will last till I'm 120. Love it. And there's a lot of life insurance out there now that has what are called ADBs, Accelerated Death Benefit Riders, which means that I can use the death benefit up to 2% of it per month, which would last over 50 months then, to pay for that type of care should I ever need it. So you can use life insurance that way, and that kind of combines the best of both worlds because a lot of people don't want to waste the premium because they don't think they'll ever need help. If I don't ever need help, then my kids get the whole tax-free death benefit. See,
1: and that's the key because I think people are hesitant because they're like, well, what if I don't use it?
2: Exactly. We don't, and, and interestingly enough, that's not a complaint we ever have with any other insurance. Your homeowner's insurance, when was the last time you filed a claim? Probably never, right? But you wouldn't be without it because phone you're yeah. not going to come out of pocket to, to replace your home if it burns down. I have clients that own their cars free and clear, that there's no debt on the car. Do you have full collision insurance? Well, yes. Why? You know you don't have to. Well, yeah, but I don't want to have to come out of pocket for $40,000 if some idiot slams into me. So you buy insurance. We insure things that we don't want to pay for out of our own pocket. Certainly, you don't want to pay for that type of care out of your own pocket, but there's still a hesitancy to uh, insure against it.
1: Well, and I'm here to tell you, listeners, if you have an option, if you're listening to this program right now, I just encourage you to make a call to Brian. Ask him about this long-term care insurance because it The number of calls that come into this office, Brian, of people that have parents who don't have the funds to pay for their care is shocking or don't want to pay for their care. So the answer truly is long-term care insurance. I've, I have this conversation day after day after day.
2: Well, and long-term care insurance in one form or another. Correct. You know, we can figure out a way to do it, and I'm probably going to ask you to come in. That's why I don't charge for consultations because we don't know what we can do up front. But there's a few different ways to skin this cat, and we'll figure out the best way for you.
1: I think it's. I really do think it's critical. Give your 800 number again, please.
2: It is toll-free, 866-247-6663, and that's our office number. I have a 248 number, too. We're located over in Troy, northeast corner of Square Lake and John R. That's 19 and John R. for you eastsiders. And uh, so we're local, but I just do the toll-free number because I have clients in Arizona and South Carolina and, uh, you know, Florida and everywhere else. But it's 866-247-6663. We'll get you through to us.
1: And I just i I want listeners. If you do nothing else, at least set up a consultation. And you're doing a uh, FaceTime now, right? Too.
2: Well, I can do Over them the remotely, phone. but now we're seeing people in the you office could do either again. Either
1: way, whatever you're comfortable with. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's kind of in a different place right now, and I think you know things are opening up. I'm feeling better. Obviously, having you on the radio show because we're six feet apart. But these are the times. Radio Um, is the
2: ultimate social distancing. it, It
1: is. It is. These are the times, listeners, that we need to start being proactive, start thinking about our health. I think it's really brought a lot of attention to our seniors. As sad as it is, it's brought a ton of attention. We all need to be a little more proactive and be a little healthier. And this is the time to take some time to plan. You're listening to The Patriot FM 101.5 AM
0: 1400, and we'll be right back with you. This is
1: Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. We're here today with Brian Kurtz from AIP Financial Services. And as you all know, finances is near and dear to my heart because the majority of questions that come into my office is, how much is it going to cost? Everybody wants to know, how much is it going to cost? And it's not cheap. I'm just being honest with all of you, and everybody thinks insurance covers everything and I'm telling you, meaning Medicare and Medicaid a lot of things are private pay, like an assisted living, like a group home, all private pay out of pocket and the average cost, as we talked about in the last segment is between you know four and six thousand dollars a month. It's not cheap, and so that's why I have Brian here today, and Brian, when you started um at the beginning of our first segment, you mentioned a little bit about being an independent advisor. So tell our listeners a little bit more how that works and how you can how that's a benefit to them.
2: Well, when you say people call you about long-term care and it's not cheap, let's underscore the fact that you mean that the care itself no, is not cheap. Exactly. Your services are free. You do not charge for that. So it's, it's not that it's not cheap to call your office. That's the first step Thank that anybody you. should make uh, because that's not going to cost anything to find out your options. But you asked me about being an independent investment advisor. That's the, that's the investment side of the business, okay? And I don't know how you know anybody would want to set it up any other way than but to be independent. We have access to the entire gamut of the financial world, that sounds impressive, but, you know, the question is, how do you really bring it to bear for the benefit of your client? That's why we sit down. That's why I don't take, you know, I've got, and I want to thank you for referring me to the Patriot here. I've had a show on this station for two years and two months now, and I've been I've been a couple hours past you. I've been the hour after you. Now I'm the hour before you, and I think hopefully we've uh, found a permanent home at the 9 a.m. time slot. But um, when when we sit down it's why i don't take calls on the radio because as a fiduciary i'm obligated to act legally obligated to act in the best interest of my client and that sounds like a given but it's not always you know there are there are advisors that just have the suitability standard so that means what i've got to get to know you a little bit i've got to ask some pretty probing questions that are confidential but certainly we don't want to talk about on the radio so right. that's why we we come in And we sit down and go over things. And one of my favorite questions is if I'm doing a retirement plan and we kind of total things up and I say, you know, if I told you you had X amount of money to last you the rest of your life and provide for you in retirement, what percentage of it would you like to see absolutely safe and protected where it can't ever go down, if any? Uh, And what percentage are you willing to take, you know, some level of risk with to try to earn a higher rate of return over time?
1: That's and a great question.
2: It's something that many people have never considered. Mm-hmm. They laugh. Uh, many times the husband and wife have two different opinions. Oh,
1: I'm sure they have two different opinions. Yeah,
2: the wife says, you know, I don't want uh, any risk at all. And the husband says, well, you know, we got to have some. And, and he'd be more willing to take a risk with 80% of it. You know, and then they agree on something in the middle. It's like when you go to a, a playground, right? The young mother is behind her child on the monkey bar saying, please be careful. and the dad is saying let's see how high you can get you know (laughs) it's just the nature of the beast right and and so these are things that we talk about but one of the services that I can provide in that regard Wendy is to take your current portfolio your statements get them analyzed by Morningstar it's a free service that we subscribe to uh, you know that Brookstone Capital Management pays the money for that I have and we can get a breakdown for you of What sort of risk you currently have, what you're in, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, what percentage of it is international, what percentage of it isn't, you know, and kind of the whole risk profile. Because if, if someone has the Vanguard Wellington Fund and the Putnam Income and Growth Fund and a couple of other funds, you know, by name, that doesn't mean you necessarily know what's in them. You know, Morningstar does. And a lot of those funds actually have some of the same stuff in them, the same securities. Uh, So if we do that, it's a good diagnostic. Some couples that tell me, you know, I'd really like to keep 40% of our funds absolutely safe and maybe take some risk with 60% of them to try to get a balance we do the report the Morningstar report and we find out about 98% of it is in the market And <laughs> I knew it, you were
1: going to say that it, exactly is that what people usually say 40-60 because that sounds like a conservative good number to
2: me I get a lot of 50-50s and I think that's from people that don't want to answer the question or have never thought about it before right. and you know maybe they're on the well, spot and it
1: depends mm-hmm. right it depends on the situation probably depends on age. the age
2: yep. I was just- <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> as we get Older we get more conservative.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when I put a plan together, you know, a lot of people will come to me and say, I'm going to retire in a year or two, and I, you know, this is what we have. That's kind of the part and parcel of it, right? We take, what do you have now? What are you contributing? What, if any, does your employer match? What sort of income would you like to have in retirement? A lot of people go to a financial advisor expecting to be told what they can and can't do. I've always approached it the opposite way. I want to know what the client's goals are. What sort of income would you like to have and mm-hmm. like to have sustained.
1: And then back it in.
2: And then I'll put a plan together to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but to tell you where it should come from at what stages of your life. That's important because there's tax reasons and other reasons to not touch certain things early and to do other certain things later. And that's that's kind of how the plan is put together.
1: So when, when they call your office and you meet with them that first time, they would be bringing all this information with them and then that's when you submit it to this morning star so that's part of that beginning process if
2: if people want that yeah, yeah. i mean i want people to be as comfortable as possible Mm-hmm. in an initial meeting, Wendy. yeah, And I've never been a, a jump up and down, you have to do this, you have to do that. You know, have to is such a strong word, right? right? If people want to bring statements to their first appointment, that's wonderful. I can get more information that
1: way. If they want it to just be a get to know you.
2: Exactly. We're if- never, ever going to write business on the first appointment anyway. So yeah. the statements are nice if you want to accelerate the process. But Otherwise, I tell people just have an idea of what you have and where it Mm -hmm. is and we can talk about it conceptually and then see if we want to get together again.
1: I do feel like when you're managing money that the relationship is the most important part because you want to trust the person you're talking to and i love your you know perspective because it is critical like you want to have that conversation and really know how that person's thinking and that you can meet the needs of what their thought process is because that relationship is really critical not that it's not in my business but in the financial industry Holy cow! Everybody's got their money close to them.
2: Oh, trust is everything, mm-hmm. and and sometimes you don't find out about everything the client has on the first meeting. Oh, well, I'm and, sure and, by fifty percent of it yeah, you do find and out, and that's okay. You know, right. everyone needs to be comfortable. Uh, Ron Grensteiner is the president of American Equity. They do indexed annuities, and uh, one of the one of his favorite sayings is, "If you don't get it." don't get it <laughs> and uh. so and that's how i feel too you know things should be plain they should be easily understood uh, the the securities world in the investment side or mm-hmm. the annuities world is not that complicated, and it's my job to make it understandable to right. people that don't spend their days we in that world. We don't need to
1: know. You need to know, exactly.
2: Well, but you need to understand and be comfortable, mm-hmm. and that's so that's my job.
1: So if there's somebody listening right now that has quite a bit of money in a bank, and I'm realizing more and more people have money in banks, um, what would be your advice to them?
2: Well, first off, I would say you need to have some money in the bank. And the low interest rate that you'll receive is just the cost of being there. There's nothing like a bank for liquidity and access. There's comfort in a brick-and-mortar building that you can walk into and walk out with cash, although nobody does that nowadays. But, uh, you know, so you have to have that. But should you keep a whole ton of money in the bank? Probably not there are ways to increase your interest rate exponentially you know uh, even even if you don't want to take any risk whatsoever there are ways to increase your interest by 10 times what the bank is paying you know and sometimes the bank will pay a decent interest rate and one of the segments of my program is to tell people who has the highest short-term CDs anywhere in the nation. I don't make any money by doing that, but people should know that, you know. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't keep a whole ton in the bank, and I'm not giving specific numbers because everybody's comfort level is different. I have one client who every time he gets more than 10000 in the bank, he wants to come in and invest more, and I have to talk him into, as he gets older, keeping a bigger cushion in the bank, I have others that aren't comfortable unless they have six figures in the bank. So it's part of your personality, and and that's what we've got to identify.
1: And that's what you're so good at. I love it. Well, it's
2: the fun part of the job. It is
1: fun. I
2: take pride in the fact, after 27 years in business, that I get more hugs than handshakes now. You know, the client's a good relationship. Of course, you're not allowed to do that these days. But up until, you know, February of 2020, I got more hugs than handshakes. And hopefully, it'll go back to that one day.
1: Right. And I think it's important, like we talked about, to have that relationship, to have that trust, to know that you know, I love that you're a fiduciary. I love that, you know, you do the right thing by the client. And, and that's exactly why I have you on the program, because I know how much you care about your clients and what you, the benefit that you are to them. So I just encourage you listeners, you know, if there's an opportunity to at least give Brian a call and just listen to the consultation, meet him, have a conversation, you don't need to bring all your bank statements. Now, me, I would bring everything with me. I'd be like, okay, Here's what I got. Talk to I have me. people what would you that do? do, and that's great. <laughs> Talk <laughs> to me what you would do. I want to get your perspective. You're listening to The Patriot. We're going to be back in just a moment. FM 101.5, AM 1400. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Our guest, Brian Kurtz from Money Matters. I love having you in the studio. Um Brian and I love talking about money, man. I just think it's so I think it's a fascinating topic, and I enjoy it, and I know you really
2: enjoy it. It's fun to talk finances with a radio veteran first of all, and <laughs> also someone who gets it you know who who understands the need for planning and and rational decisions and that personalities factor into it, and there's no cookie cutter plans that are that are worth utilizing anyway.
1: There are no cookie cutter plans and everybody's different and everyone thinks of money differently. I mean, we all prioritize really in life differently based upon where we're at. I mean, there's people that live by the seat of their pants and spend every dime they have but they've got the biggest houses and the nicest cars and the, you know, it's just, it's fascinating. And
2: those are usually the ones I don't get to meet, but you might when the <laughs> need arises.
1: <laughs> and then you got the millionaire next door that's totally loaded and lives like a pauper. I mean, this is, this is money. This is money makes the world go around and everybody's different. Um, but what I love is that you really get to know your client and where they're at and what they're looking for. And my personal opinion is, you know, when you turn 50, 55, you really start thinking about it more. Because why? Because we're planning for retirement.
2: And you, that's another one of my favorite questions when we talk to people. What do you do for a living? Obviously, it's part of the getting to know you process. Okay, how long do you want to keep doing what you're doing? And I get a variety of answers to that question, too. As you might expect, a lot of people would say, geez, can I retire next Tuesday? You know, uh, We other...
1: want to retire, but can we is the question. Exactly.
2: Right? And others say, you know what, we've thought about it on a more serious level. And I'm thinking, you know, when I get to be 65 and she's 62, and then we can look at, you know, doing this and that. And, and that's helpful if you've thought about things like that because it makes my life easier. Uh, I have a, a goal, a date by which to program things. Things you know, and but it 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 doesn't. What people here's what I'm getting at. People tend to take the amount of money they have saved. I alluded to this before when we were talking about long-term care. Divide it by the number of years they expect to live, and figure that's it. You know, but it's not that way. Your money's supposed to make money. And that's how we can be a benefit is to help stretch things out. You factor into a retirement plan, a retirement income plan, Social Security, when's a good time to take that, when's the best time to take that, any pensions there might be. And then what you can get from your savings and investments, and you kind of piece it together the way a college education is pieced together these days. A little bit of grant money, a little scholarship, little mom and dad, little kid working, you know. There's a lot of pieces to it, and putting it together is what I do, and I really enjoy it.
1: So what are the different ages for Social Security that you can start taking it at?
2: Well, you can first take Social Security at age 62, that's when you can take the earliest benefit as of now. They may change that. People worry, just an aside here, about people worrying about Social Security going away. Mm-hmm. It's not going away. It's not going to go broke for two reasons. Number one, it is legislated to be there. There's a law that says that people get you know what they get. Now, that law can be changed, and the ages can be expanded, and they probably will be. They have been before, but... Number two, even if the Social Security Trust runs out of money, remember the government is the one entity that has the ability in this country, Wendy, to print money out of thin air to pay you if they need to. They do it every month. Now, that money may be worthless, not worthless, but worth less <laughs> in the long run because inflation, you know, if they keep flooding the money supply. But your Social Security will be there. It behooves you to make that check as big as possible and because it is the only lifetime tax preferred guaranteed income you will have, even if you have a pension, social security is tax preferred it'll never be a hundred percent taxable, and so we factor that into it and uh, factor in cost of living allowances and go from there
1: and people that can hold off try to hold off till is it sixty seven
2: 67 is full retirement age, 67 in eight months. Some people who are older, it's 66. So, you know, you can get a green sheet, by the way. I'll tell people they don't mail out those green sheets anymore. They're trying to save money, but it's more digital. You can go to ssa.gov and put in just a few tidbits of information, some security questions and that, so they know it's you and they always will know it's you. And you can get the exact same – it has the green borders and everything. It looks exactly like it did before, but you can get it online. So ssa.gov is the place to go for that.
1: So talk to us a little bit, Brian, about how you think the election is going to affect the market financially. Any ideas on that?
2: We have had it's, – it's an interesting topic, and it's one that I frequently ask people who appear on my show as well because everyone has a different opinion. Our elections have gotten so goofy now, Wendy, from back when the Supreme Court had to decide between Bush and Gore – to you know the wild swing that we had when well the election when Obama was elected two thousand and eight was just a crazy time because you had the Bernie Madoff scandal, you had the subprime mortgage debacle, you know Lehman Brothers had closed down bank of or Merrill Lynch would have gone under if Bank of america hadn 't bought them out, and so all of that was going on. The market doesn't like uncertainty, but the market I think has baked in if you will a certain degree of uncertainty when it comes to elections. It's almost like we're numb to it. <laughs> Nothing shocks us anymore. So I think investors, uh, you know, here in and, and around the globe, tend to take, you know, harder economic factors into consideration and not so much just election shenanigans. I don't think it'll affect it that much.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you on that too. That's that's good advice too for our listeners. What about um securities right now? What what are they running? What is what's the average?
2: Well, a security, let me define a oh, security yeah, investments, for you. Oh, we
1: talked about this. I was thinking annuities.
2: Oh, annuities, okay. I, I said the
1: wrong word. I was going to say, yeah, I'm, in- <laughs> I'm just educated enough to
2: be dangerous. <laughs> investments by definition are things that right. can go up and down, right? That's a that's an investment and it's a security. Annuities that I do, annuities, there are certain annuities that can go up and down too. Those are called variable annuities. I don't do variable annuities in my office. The simple reason for that is that I have yet to find one I can sleep with. It's not the fact that they go up and down because I do investments, right? So I wouldn't obviously have a gripe about that. Most variable annuities have so many fees that it is difficult to make money on them long term. Because when you start out 3%, 3.5% in the whole mortality and expense charges and death benefit rider charges and then the investment expenses you would expect to find, that you know it's hard to, to get a good return and I'm just not comfortable with that level of fees. So that's why I don't do variable annuities. So when you talk variable annuities with me, it's fixed annuities. Or fixed indexed annuities, which is just a different flavor. Fixed annuities right now, just straight three year, you know, they're very much like a CD. You give an insurance company a certain amount of money, they give you a rate for a period of time, doesn't matter what happens on Wall Street or Baghdad or China or anywhere. The highest fixed annuity in the nation right now for a three year period is 3%. And that's tax-deferred, too, if you want it to be. You can take the interest out if you want to, but you don't have to. And the highest five-year is 3.2%. Not astounding numbers, but still, on average, maybe 20 to 30 times what bank money markets accounts are paying.
1: And, And honestly, I feel like there's a lot of people that are using the banks. And why not get a little more out of your money? and utilize someone like yourself. Right.
2: And it's important to underscore that there is no risk with a fixed annuity like that. You have the bank is protected or the CDs are protected. Bank accounts are protected by A, the assets of the bank, and B, the FDIC, which ironically enough is an insurance company, Mm -hmm. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And then you have fixed annuities, which are protected A, by the assets of the insurance company, and B, by the State of Michigan's Health and Life Insurance Guarantee Association, which covers fixed annuities up to 250000 just like the FDIC does for banks.
1: So we have two minutes left in the program, and we covered a lot of ground today. I feel like um, long-term care insurance, we, we just talked about a lot of great financial information. In closing, what would be your takeaway for the listeners the last few minutes that you'd like to kind of summarize, anyone who might just be tuning in for the first time?
2: Well, we've talked about pretty much all the things that I cover in my consultations, right? Probate, income, taxes, care if i if there's some generic advice and i can't give specific advice on the radio that i would give to your listeners from a financial standpoint it is don't panic every generation thinks they are going to be the only one to ever experience this but you know if north korea shoots off another missile and and does something wacky like that or either Trump or Biden makes a a gaffe that makes them look like an idiot, because they probably both will between now and November, you know, don't let that influence your buying and selling decisions. Because the economy is recovering from the virus, it will continue to even if we have to take a step back, it'll take another step forward. If you have a good long term plan in place, or you have a good plan in place where some of your money can't go down, and others are invested, don't let current events of any individual day govern your buying or selling decisions and i think you'll you'll be glad that you didn't
1: and i think everybody listening right now would say that's the kind of guy i want managing my money cuz you're very stable you're very clear your opinions are very open and that's what we're looking for in trust and somebody to manage money.
2: We're very transparent. All of our fees, if we do fee-based investing, are right there on the statement every month, and they will never be more than that. And then on the fixed side, of course, there are no fees. So, Share yeah. your
1: number one more time for me.
2: Toll-free 1-866-247-6663.
1: Thank you for listening to The Patriot at FM 101.5 AM 1400